Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Amen. It sounds like that that got me through. Praise God. Isn't God good? He can find us. He, he comes with different ways. I, I know people think just because your way is the right way. That's not the thing. It's, Paul says, I become all things. And God sent a messenger in the form of rap to save a wretch like me, to help me grow in the things of God. <laughs> praise God. I got to praise him. It's funny because the word of God will never get old. You need to hear the rest of the album. Available on iTunes. You know it, huh? Amen, amen. Praise God. Say again. Manna. Was it Rhapsody? Manna by Rhapsody. You guys look it up. Give it to your kids. You know, I'm just... We were talking yesterday, Pastor Gary and I were talking, and maybe I should go here. We were talking, the Bible says this, and it says, faith that cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. And you know, our kids are going to become that which they continue to hear. You hear me? Listen, and I'm guilty of this. I love music. I'm a music lover. I love all kinds of music. And, and there's music that's out that has profanity in it, and I get the clean version so I can listen to it but they're still not edifying. I, I, I fooled myself. I have fooled myself, saints. I have gotten to a point in my walk with Christ that I know I got God, and I start to get this false sense of security. That's like walking around with a gun and not knowing how to use it. You guys hear me? So what happens, I get this false sense of security. My kids know the Lord. They see how I live. It's okay. And not only them, but me. And I'm listening to this, and it's not glorifying God. Listen, it's black or white, saints. Black or white. There is no in-between. There is no gray area when it comes to God. You're saved or you're lost. So when we listen to this music, I started thinking, if faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God, then guess what else comes by, comes by hearing? Fear. Fear produces rebellion, indecision, it produces all kinds of craziness. And we're wondering what's happening to our society. Why are our kids the way that they are right now? Because of the music that they listen to. You could raise your kids in church, but if they're listening to things of smoking drugs and degrading women and, and doing all that, I don't have to cuss to degrade a woman. I don't have to cuss to talk about using drugs. I don't have to, I don't have to do any of that. But we're allowing our kids to be flooded with this material. And if it's not faith, then it's building fear. So I apologize to my children. But dad's going to have to clean out your iPhones. Sorry. It's... Because there's going to come a time, kids, that if you're not listening to things like I got to praise them, if you're not listening to things that when trouble hits, what happens? Because I heard the last 20 songs that I've been bumping on, my, on repeat 
when I get in trouble with somebody or somebody upsets me, when a girl upsets me, I'm going to slap her in the face. I'm going to beat her down because I'm a man. And they don't say it like that, but you know they have their ways of saying it. If, if some dude uh, bothers me, I'm going to run up on them and bust, pop, pop, pop. You know, you know how they do now. That, that's what you're going to do because you hear it over and over again. But if I hear over and over again, despite my trials and my tribulations, I got to praise him. We come to church to get changed. In the words from the prophetess, Whitney Houston, I believe the children are the future. (laughs) But their future is up to us. What are we letting our kids listen to? Not only that, what are you listening to? If your kid's salvation was dependent upon your faith, where would they be at right now? Amen. Bless you. Okay, yeah, I got this word for you. That was a word for you, but I have this word that I prepared. Amen. En las próximas semanas, vamos a cubrir palabras que pueden cambiar tu vida. Over the next few weeks, we're going to go, we're going to cover words that can change your life. Hay algunas palabras tan poderosas que pueden cambiar tu vida de inmediato. There are some words that are so powerful that they can change your life immediately. Embrazada es una palabra que puede cambiar tu vida. The word pregnant can change your life. Come on. Lakeisha? Yes? Kaya? You guys remember the day that you heard you was pregnant? Your life changed. That was one word. Pregnant. Oh, Lord. So words can change your life. Amen. La palabra de hoy es viviendo en el poder de ahora. The word for today is living in the power of now. Amen. Turn to James chapter 4, 13 and 14. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look up on the Sky Bible. It says, come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanishes away. What is your life? It's but a vapor. You know, vapor doesn't stay. It just comes and it goes. Some of you young people, you people vape. They're vaping. They, as soon as you, they blow out, it disappears. That's how short your life is compared to eternity. La semana pasada, mi madre estaba en, le, en el hospital con problemas, problemas cardíacos. 
mientras habla con el doctor, ella me preguntó, ¿cuántos años tiene tu madre? Y dije, 84. Hopefully she's not here. I'm not supposed to tell her age. <laughs> le expliqué el miargo de cómo las personas viven más. Y sabes lo que me dijo. No es que las personas viven más, tarden más en morir. I'll tell you what I said in English. Last week, my mother was in the hospital. She had some cardiac problems. And while I was there, the doctor asked me, she said, how old is your mother? And I told her the age. <laughs> I explained the miracle of how people are living longer. And do you know what she told me? This is what the doctor said. It's not that people are living longer. It's that they're taking longer to die. That's a terrible perspective. <laughs> We're not living longer. We're just taking longer to die. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of those people that are taking longer to live. I don't want to be one of those people that are taking longer to die. That's like a long, drawn-out process. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> Quiero ser una de esas personas que realmente viva más tiempo. I want to be one of those people that are really living longer. Que aprovecha el día e exprime cada segundo que puedo sacar de él. I want to be that person taking a hold of the day, squeezing every second out of it that I can. Is anybody with me? I want to live the abundant life. I want to live a now life. I want to be a person that gets things done today, because what is your life? The man of God named Martin Luther said, there are two days on my calendar. Esta día y esa día. This day and that day. Only two days. You guys know what that day is? According to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but to also to all who have loved his appearing. That day is the day that we all stand before the Lord. The other day is this day, which is right now. There is no tomorrow. Mm. There's this guy named Tim Urban, and he did a TED Talk. You guys know what TED Talk is? He talked about the largest nation in the world, procrastination. You guys know it's never too late to procrastinate. Listen, he used a college assignment as an example. He said, our life is like a college. We get an assignment. We schedule a workload each day to get it done, a little work here, a little work there. We have it all planned out, and when the paper is due, we will turn it in. That's what we plan. Amen. How many people have had a plan like that? 
I, I know something's not due or done until a certain time, so I'm going to do something on Monday and then Tuesday, and then a little on Wednesday, Thursday night my show comes on, so I'll just take Thursday night off and then Friday. So we all have it planned out for so in three weeks, we'll be finished before it's time to turn it in. But how many people turned out like this? I didn't start doing it until the night before it was due. Anybody? Thank you. I got to. Okay. Amen. I just, I just want to see how many Christians we have in the, in the house. Amen. We stayed up all night ODing on coffee and Red Bull to get it done. Praise God. Now, now listen, you guys know about your pastor. My name is John R. Butcher, Senior MD. I'm telling you that. I, 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 people, you guys laugh at me. I get phone calls from everybody. You guys will laugh here, but you guys do the Nicodemus thing to me later on. You'll call me up, text me, doctor, I, I mean, um, pastor, I got this pain in my knee, and every time I do this, and I'll tell you, okay, so what are you movement? Okay, this movement. Okay, you got condom, Malaysia, play, uh, patella, Malaysia. I'll, I'll say something like that. And y'all laugh at me like you're laughing now. Then you go ahead. I said, you don't need to go to the doctor. He's going to give you Motrin and tell you to ice it. Don't, you don't have to. And then you go ahead and you pay your $25 copay. And then I get a mail. He said exactly what you said. It's true. I'm telling you. I got this cough. Uh, what, uh, anyway. So I am an MD. And just to let you know, because of my experience in the medical field, I wanted to share something with you because we're talking about doing things now. We're talking about living in the power of now. And, and, and what happens is people that do things right away, people that aren't procrastinators, their brain functions differently. So Pastor John went and got an MRI of my brain so I could show you what goes on inside the brain of a person that doesn't procrastinate because I'm a doctor, okay? So here's my brain, my MRI, okay? So in my brain, Part of my brain that you would see in this MRI is a rational decision maker, okay? And right here, this is what everybody wants in their mind. Everybody wants a rational decision maker. That's the person that actually says, I'm going to do it this day, in this day, in this day. They have everything planned out. It's a rational decision maker. But if we look a little bit closer, we will find that there's more than just one person in there. There's this thing called the instant gratification monkey. How many people have one of these? Yes, 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 yes. Listen, the rational decision maker says, let's get some work done. He says, let's do a paper on American history. Then the instant gratification monkey says, Walt Disney is a part of American history. Let's Google that real quick. And then he's looking and he's saying, what year did Disneyland open? How many employees do they have? What rides are out? How much are annual passes? And, and, and before you, you know it, after two hours has gone by, you, you're, you're Googling Disney. And what happens in that moment is that the, the, during that time, the monkey is trying to take control, as you see, over the wheel of your life. You know, the, that's the wheel that, that controls your life. And you're fighting over it because the monkey wants to get it. And then before you know it, the monkey's going crazy. He's out of control. And then the instant gratification monkey takes over the wheel of your life, and now you're on the computer, and you're Googling all of Disney, and you done forgot about your paper. <laughs> because you want, to you want to be satisfied right now instead of taking care of what you know needs to be taken care of later. 
So the funny part about this is, this goes on for days. It's a gratification monkey. I'm tired. I just want to sit here right now. I want to think about those rides over there at Disneyland. What, 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 which, well, you know what? I think we should go this weekend. Let's Airbnb. Disneyland, 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 Disney World, Florida. I wonder how the weather is in Miami. So he takes you on this trip, and then all of a sudden, guess what happens? There's a third person. He's called the panic monster. So the panic monster shows up. Now, the panic monster, he always is there, but he lies dormant. But he suddenly wakes up when the deadline gets too close or when the danger of public embarrassment or a career disaster or some other scary consequence happens. So then he shows up inside your brain, and then all of a sudden, he comes in, ah, and then guess what you do? And you know what happens to the instant gratification monkey? He takes off and runs up a tree and leaves you standing there with the deadline and the panic monster. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I didn't know if it was just me or not. Listen, the single most dangerous word in the Bible is tomorrow. Tomorrow. I want to try to help us out with this, you guys. I want to try to help us out with this. Some of us are really good at procrastinating. I mean, some of us put the pro in procrastination. Come on, guys. That took a little while for me to come up with that. The instant gratification monkey helped me out with that one. So I'm going to give you three truths about living for today. Three truths about living in the now. So what are the enemies of today? Number one, indecision. Indecision. James chapter 1 verse 8 says, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I used to be indecisive, but I just don't know right now. Am I, are those jokes too deep? I, 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 <laughs> let me help you out with indecisive. It means unable to make a decision. Does anybody know anybody like that? Stop. (laughs) Let me help you out just in case you don't know. Where do you want to go to eat? I don't know. (sighs) What do you want for your birthday? I don't know. When people ask you a question, make a decision. But if you're unable to make a decision, then you're double-minded. We don't make it that clear. On the other hand, if you ask me what I want to do and I tell you, don't complain about it. Are you guys with me today? Indecision is the inability to make a choice. There's this man named Napoleon Hill, and he said this, indecision, doubt, and fear. The members of the unholy trinity are closely related. Where one is found, the other two are close at hand. So because people are are indecisive, they're unable to make a decision, it's because of doubt and fear. If we look at the core reason why we won't make decisions, it's because 
We doubt that what we're going to say is going to work out, or we fear the repercussions of our decisions. Sometimes it's just better to make a decision. Not making a decision is actually making a decision. The next enemy now is perfectionism. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4 says this, and this is the living translation. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. I have a friend that's writing a book. He's been writing a book for the past 12 years. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying this to make fun of him, but he's waiting for the perfect because he keeps, God keeps downloading stuff to him, and it's good. And I told him a long time ago, this book needs to be written because it will set the church free. You just need to hear him. It'll set the church free. He goes, I don't want to deliver it because it's not the right time because I, I know people can read this and they'll get confused and they'll do all this. I said, you're waiting for the perfect time. You put it out and let the Lord help them with it, not you depending upon how you write it. See, so many of us are waiting for the perfect time to get things done. Oh, I, I don't want to invest in this now. I don't want to buy this now. I don't want to start this business now because it isn't the right time. When is the right time? We always say, tomorrow, what is your life? James said, we, so many of us keep saying tomorrow, tomorrow. Why are you saying tomorrow? Tomorrow is not promised. But if we live in the power of now, what if you start that business today? What if you do it? Well, I'm afraid, what if it crashes? We'll never know if you don't get it started. You can't, the perfect time, you guys, let me help you out. You know when the perfect time is? Now. The next enemy of now is fear. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Many of us are delaying, we're procrastinating, we're not living in now in our lives. Why? Because we're scared it might not work out or what people will think if it doesn't work out. I, don't, I, I just got to talk about this. There's so many things that God wants us to do, and we won't do it because we're afraid what it looks like. The fear of man. We didn't put it together. If you're worried about it, you're failing, you're worried about what people are going to say about you. If you're worried about if people approve, you're worried about what people think about you. It's the fear of man. It brings a snare. You know what that snare is? You'll keep living in tomorrow. Hmm. You know, after in, in the book of Exodus, after the children of Israel was delivered from out of Egypt, you know, they walked around in the wilderness for 40 years. Do you know that their traveling time to get to the promised land was only an eight-day walk. They walked around for 40 years. 40 years. They didn't get lost. They got lame. For 40 years, because of fear, because of indecision, they, got, they just kept walking around, just walking around. It was a super short journey but they kept procrastinating. They didn't want to live the way God wanted them to live. Listen, you guys, Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to live a lame 
life. He came that we would have life and life more abundantly. Listen to this poem. I love it. It's great. There was a very cautious man who never laughed nor played. He never risked. He never tried. He never sang nor prayed. And when one day he passed away, his insurance was denied. For since he never really lived, they claimed he never truly died. Saints, don't let the monkey win. Let's get a hold of the wheel of our lives and take control and make decisions now. <laughs> Here's another enemy of, of now, another enemy of today. Laziness. Proverbs 6, 8, and 11. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your knee like an armed man. Most people that I see that are, are broke, most people that I see that don't have anything, they are lazy people. Because people don't want to work. The Bible says the hand of the diligent shall prosper. I don't care what kind of work you do. If you do it hard and you work hard, you will have a good life. But laziness will destroy your now. Laziness will say, I'll do it tomorrow. I wish I got an amen out of this because how many of us don't go mow the lawn? We don't go take care of the house. We don't clean the house. We don't do this because we tired and we don't want to do it. You know what lazy people say? Watch this. These are excuses people come up with. It's in Proverbs 22. It says, the lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. There ain't no lion outside. Sounds like the lion's inside, and it's coming out your mouth. You're lying. Listen, there's many good reasons not to do things, many legit reasons. But just because it's a good reason doesn't mean you have to use it. No excuses. I've heard many different reasons. I've, I've heard people tell me, yeah, okay, yes, we need it. You know what we need to do? Sit right here on the new stage? A soapbox. So that every time I get on a soapbox, I'm just going to stand on it. There's work to be done next door. There's so much work that needs to be done. And I've heard a lot of good excuses. But you don't have to use them. I know personally, honestly, just from the frustration of a pastor, I'm just going to let you know. I still, have to do, I still have to be a husband. I still have to be a father. I still have to do my priestly duties, which is meeting with people, counseling people, studying so I could deliver the word. I still have to do all that every day, get phone calls at 2.30 in the morning. I still do that, but yet I still come here and I work all day. And in between, I'm leave here and go to a meeting, come back. You should not just let the priest of the house be the one working in the house. I know you're tired, but if we get 15 tired men and women to work, we can get the job done. 
But if there's one tired person doing the work, it's going to take months to get done. The next enemy in now is this, aversion to commit. Aversion to commitment. Some people just don't like to commit. You just don't. That's why you get people that date for 10 years. They don't. It's like, it's like commitment is a disease or something. I, 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 if you don't like commitment, then you can't truly be saved. Because salvation is a commitment. You know, you, it's, how could you say you're in, you're, you're in covenant with God when you can't commit to anything else? How could you be in covenant with somebody or something you can't see, but you can't be committed to things that you can see and things you can't touch? Oh, I love the Lord. I've been dating her for 10 years. What are you waiting on? Ladies, listen, I'm just telling you right now, if he's been dating you over two years and hasn't proposed and talked to you about getting a date, maybe that ain't the man for you. That's so funny because I didn't get one amen out of that, especially with the guys because they were like, shh. <laughs> a man of God will commit. But so many people don't want to commit. You know, Romans, I think it's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. It's just the right thing to do. So what that means, that, that sounds like a commitment to me. Present your bodies. That means me. Everything that comes with this body, my life, my problems, my issues, my wants, my desires, my wills, all comes with this body. And God says, present it to him a living sacrifice, holy, which means dedicated, committed, for his purpose and his use only, unto the Lord. It just makes sense. God is looking for commitment. Today, we need to make a commitment. Today, we need to do it now. So many of us are putting off things until tomorrow when God wants us to do it today. Jesus told us to pick up his cross Pick up your cross and follow him. He said, pick up your cross. If any man should come after me, he will pick up his cross daily and come after me. Listen, a lot of us are good at picking up our cell phones. We're good at picking up our iPhones, picking up our keys, picking up our purses. But every day, every day we need to pick up our cross. Listen, it's not a little foldable, collapsible cross that you can put in your pocket and walk around with. It's not the one that you can put in your purse and walk around with. It's one that I got to carry with me every day, everywhere I go. I carry it into my marriage. I carry it into my family. I carry it into my business. I carry it into the boardroom. I carry it into the mall. I carry it into restaurants. I carry it with me everywhere I go. This is the thing that lets me live for now because I choose to carry the cross. It's not convenient, but it's the best thing I got. It's not convenient to do things now. It's the best thing I got. It's my commitment to Christ. And that brings us to the last enemy in now, and that is choosing comfort over growth. You know what we say? I want to be comfortable today so I can grow tomorrow. That's not how it works. This is the truth. Grow today so you can be comfortable tomorrow. Growth only happens through inconvenience. 
it isn't convenient for me to go to the gym at 5 in the morning. It's not convenient. But I know if I want to grow, I got to be inconvenient. I got to be inconvenienced to carry an 80-pound or 100-pound sandbag across the floor 50 feet. That's inconvenient. But I grow because I'm making myself uncomfortable today so that I might be comfortable tomorrow. So let me give you an analogy. You could either be healthy today while you're still young so that when you're older, you could have a better chance of being healthy then. Or you could live like you want, do what you want, don't exercise, don't do anything. And by the time you get my age, which is 50-something, your body doesn't have a chance. I want to be comfortable in my older age. So it goes the same thing with your growth with God. I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to make myself, uh, 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 I'm going to choose to grow in God. What does that mean? That I need to pray. I need to be a prayer. I need to be a Bible study. I need to be a church. I need to join small groups. I know Sunday is uncomfortable because Sunday, after I had a long week of work, I, I go to church. I give God some honor and some praise. And then I just, you know, I just want to go home and rest. Football season is about to start, and I'm going to watch some football. Look, you can be comfortable and go home and watch football, but because you don't want to be uh, inconvenient, there's other people that won't grow because of you. Not only you, but other people. The enemies of now lead to the cost of later. The enemies of today lead to the cost of tomorrow. There's a cost for putting stuff off. A lazy person has trouble all through their life. Procrastinating, putting it off, not getting done with it, not seizing the moment leads to trouble, worry, anxiety, and death of your dreams and your purpose. Did you guys catch that? How many times have you put things off in your life? And then when it comes down time, you get anxious because it's not done. I've had people tell me, look, I work better under pressure. No, you don't. You're a procrastinator. You're causing yourself undue stress because you didn't get it done last week while you had the opportunity. Oh, my goodness. That's why the Bible says be instant, in season and out of season. It says be ready. So you should always be ready. That means getting ready now. So when things come up, you're done. You're ready. You know, people that, people that are trained, they don't worry as much as some of us that haven't. Because they already know that if something happens, they've trained. They, they, they've inconvenienced themselves to go and prepare for the battle. So during their peace time, they're preparing for, for hard things so that when the, the hard thing comes, they're, they're ready so that they can fight and they can block and they can do whatever they have to. But there's some of us that decide that we're just going to be, you know, hey, I'm not going to work out today. I'm not going to go train. I'm not going to do anything. And then trouble rears its ugly head. And you know what we do? Guess what happens? The anxiety monster jumps in. Ah! Pastor, help! But if I train myself in the word, if I was in a, a committed relationship with the church, if I didn't sit down and do different things, if, if I made sure that I did things now, when the enemy rears his ugly head, I'm prepared to fight him in the battle. And, and guess what? If I belong to a small group, I don't have to make a phone call because I'm connected with somebody. And as I get in a fight, we jump in the devil. It ain't going to be one-on-one -on -one because I ain't fighting this thing fair. 
There's a cost to later. There is a cost for tomorrow. That is one of these days. You guys ever say that? You know, one of these days, I'm going to join a gym. One of these days, I'm going to lose weight. One of these days, I'm going to read through the Bible. One of these days, I'm going to serve in church. One of these days, I'm going to start this ministry. One of these days. Listen, one of these days is none of these days. The cost of tomorrow leads to regret. You guys remember Pharaoh, the Old Testament? You guys remember Pharaoh? Watch this, because this is crazy. You know, Moses walks in. Pharaoh, he walks in like a G. Hey, Moses, let my people go. You don't let my people go. And you know, you know the whole thing, right? Pharaoh, yeah. Thank you. You knew what I was talking about. Let him go. Moses looks at him. He's like, nah, I ain't going to let him go. I keep saying Moses. <laughs> Pharaoh says no. Pharaoh, no. Thank you. You caught that. I'm on one today. So watch this. Moses says this. This is what Moses said. There's going to be blood in the water. There's going to be boils. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be flies. There's going to be all kinds of things. Now, you guys know that one of the plagues was frogs. Now, if you guys live where I live, there's frogs everywhere. Okay, in Susun, like frogs. Other people have other problems. We got frogs. Walk outside, there's frogs everywhere, just jumping around. Now, fair, yeah, frogs get in my house, guys. Frogs. You open up, they're stuck on the door. You open up the door, they jump in the house. Why they want to be in the house, I don't know. But can you imagine, they had so many frogs. This, this is what Pharaoh had. They had so many frogs in Egypt, they were everywhere. You couldn't walk without stepping on frogs. Big frogs, little frogs, they were everywhere. Can you imagine trying to use the bathroom and frogs in the toilet? Trying to cook some food, frogs just jumping everywhere. That's why I want to pick, I want you to picture. This is what, this is how bad. It's a pestilence. It was a lot of frogs, you guys. Then Moses went to Pharaoh. Watch this. Says, Pharaoh, when do you want me to get rid of the frogs? You know what Pharaoh said? Tomorrow. Stupid on steroids, right? That's what some of us are doing right now. God is saying that this destructive behavior, this bad attitude, this disobedience that you have, when you, don't, when you want to get rid of it, you should get rid of it now instead of saying tomorrow. It wasn't the fact that the frogs were there. It was Pharaoh's attitude. If you just would be obedient, and get rid of his attitude, the frogs would have left. But instead, he decided to hold on to his destructive behavior, his nasty attitude, his disobedience. And that's why all these things were happening to him. There's some of us in here right now. There are things that are happening to you right now because of your destructive behavior, because of your bad attitude, and because of your disobedience. And God is saying, listen, do it today. Moses, the man of God, me, Pastor John, the man of God, telling you, when do you want this problem to leave you? Ahora. But if we put off tomorrow, it fills our lives with regret. As I close, there's this guy named Felix in the Bible in Acts chapter 24. 
And Apostle Paul had ministered to Felix and gave him the word of God that touched Felix so deeply in his heart. Felix knew at this moment that he needed to get right with God. But you know what he told the Apostle Paul? He says, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. I know I need to get right with God now. But he told Paul, go away for now. And come back at a more convenient time. Come back at a time when I'm broken and everything's not going right. Come back at a time that there's not people around. Crazy part about this, you guys, nowhere in Scripture does it ever say that Paul came back. Nowhere in Scripture does it even say that Felix ended up getting saved and giving his life to Christ. It doesn't say anything about Felix repenting. So I guess we can assume that that more convenient time never came because he was dependent on tomorrow. The Bible tells us that today is the day of your salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, and not at a convenient time. John chapter 4, verse 23 says this, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Now is the time that we start worshiping God in spirit and truth. When do you want to get rid of the pestilence, saints? Now. We don't want to wait. We need to do it now. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. No more procrastinating, whether it's salvation, whether you've been holding on to something that you've been coveting more than you've been coveting a relationship with God. Listen, the desire to want to do something doesn't mean anything. The desire doesn't mean anything. That's, that's potential. But when you start doing something about it, it means everything. You've got to start sometime, and I think the right time to start is Living in the power of now. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God will change your life. Today is the time that God, when you make up your mind, that's when God comes through. This is why we say that he's a gentleman. It's because he's waiting on you to do something to come alongside you. He's called our helper. If he's going to help you, that means you got to get the other side of the couch. Say, hey, help me move this couch. Well, you get on one side, that's help. But so many of us stand back and go, God, fix my life. Help me with my life. But you're not trying to help yourself. You want God to come in and do it. God is calling us now. If there's any, anybody in here today that has been procrastinating, has been putting off dreams, listen, it, maybe there's a business that God wants you to start. Maybe, 
Maybe there's some things that God has been telling you. You know it's the Lord been telling you to do because you've been feeling this tug. I need to do this. And, and, and that's been in. You've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Um, if, if you haven't given your life to Christ and you, you haven't made, listen, you've been in church. You could have been in church for a long time, but you've never li- literally committed. Remember we talked about people not wanting to commit. But that's what you want to do today. You want to commit your life to Christ today. Um, you, if you're backslidden, if you're just out of relationship with Christ, and you say, today's my day. If that's you, I'm just going to ask that you guys will come to the altar. If anybody here needs prayer for anything, you can come to the altar. Amen. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.